<laughs> Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm Kim. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and see God, not to it to primarily see ourselves. All right. So we pick up in Second Chronicles. Um, we are coming to the home stretch. We are. Yeah. Second Chronicles is really long, really detailed. Mm-hmm. Again, it's this writer writing to this post-exilic community um, about what happened, right, to the kingdom of God, yeah. right, mm-hmm. the kingdom of Israel. And here he is with Hezekiah. Talking about man Hezekiah. Hezekiah. So where his father was among one of the worst and most evil kings in history for Judah. Mm-hmm. Um, redemption is that Hezekiah is one of the is the one who led the greatest revival in Judah's history. Yep. So the, just the juxtaposition um, between their two lifestyles, where his dad is the one who closed the temple. He opens it within the first month of his reign. First month. First month. He was out the gate. Yeah. yeah. He so he. He basically, yeah, comes out the gate. He does all this. Um, some scholars will say within three weeks. Everything mm-hmm. we're about to read here, within three, like right. weeks and years mm-hmm. of sin and wickedness. Like that's just how quick, like God can turn things for good, right. man. Like we talk and about redeem. how, yeah, God can mm-hmm. redeem things so quick. And he tells them, like, it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord, right, to turn right. back God's wrath against His people. So we see that Hezekiah's heart has a certain posture right. as opposed to the other kings who were prideful and things like that. Um, although we do see at the end, he, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> but one of the things that I was just struck with, Kim, is the fact that um, he basically righted the wrongs of his mm-hmm. ancestors. He right? did. Like if, and I think for us, this is telling us, man, if we can so help it, it is in many ways our responsibility, and other places in the Old Testament will testify to this, it is in many ways our responsibility to rectify, to make right mm-hmm. the wrongs of our ancestors, especially when their sins have a bearing on the present. Exactly. Right? And here is the example, one of the things that um, we noted in verse 9 of chapter 29. It, he talks about our fathers fell by the sword and our sons, our daughters, and our wives are in captivity. Mm. He was speaking in present tense. So it wasn't something that we need to prevent or something that happened in the past. He's like, no, we are living this. And he knew that they were living this evil, that they were living this, um, these consequences as a result of his father's actions. And so his immediate thing was, like you said, within three weeks and within the first month there, he immediately was like, no, the first thing we need to do is we need to reach out to the priests and the Levites. And if you Mm -hmm. look in verses 12 through 14, a lot of the names will seem familiar because these are the descendants of people that are talked about in David's time and in Solomon's time when they were, you know, building the temple, when they regained the Ark of the the Covenant. So you have this example of these people, these Levites, they have kept track over and over again. And remember, we were talking earlier about this being an opportunity to connect the dots. And so you see generations later that they still know who they are and they yeah. still know what their role is. And when the opportunity presents itself to right this wrong, they are ready and willing to go. Yeah. And it's again, this idea, remember, it seems like we keep talking about the temple, but mm-hmm. the temple was supposed to be central to the right. Israelite community. Exactly. And for the chronicler to speak about it this much, he's trying to say after the temple has been rebuilt, right? Mm-hmm. The second temple, um, he's trying to show like, hey, guys, this is where they went wrong. Temple. Right. So Hezekiah leading this um, 
dedication, this mm-hmm. rededication of the temple where he is basically purifying it. You know, he is restoring the worship, getting the Levites, like you said, um, is so important because this is what uh, gets Israel back on track. Right? right. And so at the end of the chapter, chapter, they have this huge mm-hmm. sacrifice right. before the Lord. Right. And it ends off the chapter it actually ends off with them playing music, instruments, singing praises to Yahweh. Um, and yeah, like, again, this is just reminding us the joy, right, that comes from walking faithfully with the Lord. Exactly. And this with the um, renewal of the temple, they did sacrifices community wise. Sure. Um, and so it was the sin offerings for the kingdom, for Judah, the sanctuary, this collective thing. But yeah. then they also did it individually. And mm. so there's this tendency, I think, a lot of times to think either or. But mm. in this case, the example is, no, it's not community and collective or individual. It's both yeah. in order for us to be right before the Lord. Absolutely. No, that's actually an excellent point. And also just the fact that like, not only does he restore um, just the worship in the temple, but also mm. the rituals. Right? Yes. Passover. And so the Passover, yeah. again, I, it's very... It's like very hard for me to like explain how mm. important the Passover is right. because it reminded them of the central event of the Old Testament, which was the Exodus, mm-hmm. right? Remember the Passover? God um, basically killed all the firstborn sons in Egypt, right. but he says, yo, if you have blood on your house, mm, if you, pass could, over. you get passed over, yeah. right? Um, because they were oppressing God's firstborn son, mm-hmm. the Israelites. And so it's huge here. Um, because again, it hadn't been happening up until this time, right? But I just was reminded that our rituals are so important, right? <laughs> the rhythms and routines that God has instituted for His people are, are, I, yeah, I can't explain how important they are. And I was struck by this literally a few days ago um, with baptism, right? Mm-hmm. We had baptism at the church, and we seen yeah. it through, uh, you know, the internet, and it was live streamed, and I was just. Yeah. overwhelmed mm-hmm. with joy and tears and excitement for my brothers and sisters getting to right. see God's like no like it is a pandemic but God is still working God is still is. doing what he does the spirit can't be muffled right <laughs> and so what's crazy here is that they extended the Passover for another week they did it was supposed to happen the Passover was supposed to be this uh this meal and then the the feast of unleavened bread was for seven mm-hmm. days and then they extended, and they extended another extended seven it. days. And invited, is invited because by this time, yep. the Israelites um, had been conquered by Assyria. Yes. And so there was a remnant. But mm. he even went so far as to invite the remnant from Israel because they would not have celebrated the Passover. And so you mentioned earlier just this idea of uniting them. Yeah. Um, the remnant there and the people of Judah to celebrate. And it was a celebratory event, yes. so much so that they were excited. And like you said, they extended it. They extended it, and it even talked about how I think we were talking about it before. You just talked about, you know, it was nothing like this since the time of Solomon. I know, right? It's yeah, like, the, can you imagine the party? The, yeah, you can just imagine how <laughs> exciting. Imagine. Yeah, it, it was. was just there was rejoicing amongst God's people because of what God had prescribed, um, and walking in that. Um, and then not only that, like, you know, there. Uh, Hezekiah is not just restoring the worship and the rituals, but mm-hmm. he's dismantling exactly. all wickedness. He's pushing mm-hmm. back against all darkness. Mm-hmm. And that's a word to us, too. Like, it is. We don't tell people just, yo, 
Let's come Jesus, together. Yeah, let's come together. Like mm-hmm. Jesus saved us. We love him. We're happy. It's like, no, no, no. Let's push back on injustice and darkness and right. false teaching and sin. All the stuff that takes God's people away. Mm-hmm. And we see here a good king. Hezekiah is doing that. Yeah. And it's, you know, this whole idea of repent. You see it again, the other good kings that repentance and revival leads to action. Yes. Um, this idea of coming back to God leads to the destruction of idolatry. Like you can't serve both God and this mammon and the idols. So the, sure. they go through and yes, he re- establishes or reestablishes worship, but they also go through and destroy the idols, not only in Judah, but mm-hmm. he also mentions a couple of other tribes in right. Israel. And so right. there's this He's thorough with it. He is, we are not taking chances. And these people, um, they celebrated and they went back to their homes because they were so excited. Now, it did mention earlier on that some of them still mocked, but he, mm. he didn't concern themselves with those. He's yeah. like, we are doing this because this is what God has called us to do. And those who wanted to join in, they joined in. Absolutely. And it's like, oh, no, a, one of the biggest moves of God yeah. In Israel's history, and people were like complaining, mocking, like uh. <laughs> we it's it's inevitable. Keep it doing is. God's work right. if yeah, you're in that situation. I love how 31 ends. It's mm-hmm. that it talks about how, you know, Hezekiah did this throughout all Judah. He did what was good and upright and true before the Lord, mm-hmm. his God. He was diligent. Yeah. Yeah, diligent. you talked about that. He was mm-hmm. diligent in every deed that he began in the service of God's temple, in the instruction and the commands in order to seek his God. And he prospered. Amen. Biblical prosperity Mm. is always, biblical prosperity. Biblical. Is always attached to Mm -hmm. obedience. But it's a flourishing. It's a joy. It's the fruits of the spirit coming out, right? right? It's this, um, you know, the way you live before God, not you trying to get things from him, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because of what he's done. Uh, for you so but it wasn't without problems mm, this prosperity because the very next chapter talks about the king of assyria trying to come invade Mm. them Um, and they had been successful before because they had invaded and conquered israel Israel, and so now you know they're feeling good about themselves and they come towards judah yep and it's this sennacherib guy who is talking greasy crazy like bro it reminded me of goliath like mm. how david was like you're not gonna come up here and talk about my god like this let I'm me just show it. you i'm this not having it yeah. yeah i'm not having it <laughs> and it's like yeah like he's like no all the other nations that try to come against us right. we took them out y'all god ain't got <laughs> y'all don't stand a chance like you could just hear the arrogance to the text you can um and to try to scare the people like he's not, you know, he's intentionally speaking in their language yeah. so that they would hear and mm-hmm. become afraid. Yep. So the level, the depth of the evil, yep. so I'm not only coming after this king, but I want the people to hear what I am saying and I want them to be afraid as well. And I love what you said just about how, you know, this was after major right. religious reform. Mm-hmm. And it just shows us that the faithful aren't exempt from trials. Right. Right. That's true. They're just kept in the midst of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And you see that's good. Yeah. That that here with Judah. And and they're afraid. I mean, they're mm-hmm. scared, you know, in verse twenty, in verse twenty, actually King has it says King Hezekiah and the prophet yeah. went and cried out to heaven. Mm-hmm. Like this wasn't a oh, you know, we're just going to not pay attention to him. Because what he said was true as far as all the things he had done to all the other nations. So they knew that there was no way they were going to win this without the Lord. And so they cried out to the Lord. Yeah, and they needed the power of God. Like you said, this powerful nation came against them, and the only thing they could do Mm -hmm. was go their powerful God. And he did it. 